Well, good morning and happy Father's Day to each and every one of you. Um, it's uh, kind of a special Father's Day for this guy right here. Like, they've got three kids, and uh, tomorrow, everything goes as planned, they'll have baby number four tomorrow. So we're really excited for Keaton and Megan as they're going to have baby number four. We're excited for them. Megan's like, can we get it over with now, right? She is ready. Uh, we've got a lot of other new dads in the room that uh, recently had uh, first child, and we just praise God for you. I think that we're going to talk about this week and next week, ultimately, dads, is going to bring a word of encouragement for you as we really focus in on our Father, who is God, His person, and just His availability to be in our lives and to be who we are desperate for um, in our lives. So as we think about Father's Day a little bit and we roll into thinking about our Father and how much He wants us and desires us, I thought I'd get this going with some uh, bad dad jokes. You know what those are, right? Bad dad jokes. If you have a dad, you've heard some of these. This is just the way it rolls. Bad dad jokes. Here we go. First one. How does Darth Vader like his toast? On, I heard it back, on the dark side. These are funny. Y'all can laugh, all right? They're bad dad jokes. All right, we'll switch gears here. How many ears does Captain Kirk have? He has three. The left ear, the right ear, and the final front ear. <laughs> Told you, bad dad jokes. What is Forrest Gump's password? One Forrest One. I did say these were bad dad jokes, right? All right. I got more. I got more. Uh, when's the best time to go to the dentist? Tooth hurdy. <laughs> Lewis, you should have stayed on the drums, man. I needed you. I needed you bad. Need some help. Uh, last night, I had a dream that I was a muffler. I woke up exhausted. I got one more, all right? If this isn't good, then just too bad, all right? Did you know the first French fries weren't actually cooked in France? They were cooked in Greece. Some of you right now are wondering why you showed up this morning. Um, I think we got a picture coming up there. This is me and my dad. Um, do we have that picture? Yeah, there we go. Um, there, this is not a special occasion. I think it was taken sometime last year, I think. Um, it was just he and I hanging out in my garage, and we took a selfie together. And I just thought this picture really captured the joy that is my dad. He's a, he's a big smiler. He loves to laugh. He loves to have a good time. Uh, my dad is 79 years old and still just doing great and going. In fact, uh, he drove this week from Oklahoma, where he lives, all the way to Kentucky, which I don't know if that's really advisable when you're 79 or not. But uh, his motto in life is it's either wear out or rust out. And he is committed to wear out. So I don't know what's going to be happening when he dies, but I'm just convinced he's going to be doing something um, when he does die. And I'm thankful for him and his 79 years and uh, who he is. And so since it's Father's Day, just give me a moment, indulge me for just a moment to sh let me share with you my dad that I'm incredibly proud of. And uh, he's obviously a really good looking guy. We look a little bit alike. All right. So um, my dad. Um, 
he really is a great father. He does tell bad dad jokes. His favorite one is when you're watching a ball game, he loves to pose the question, hey, do you know who's going to win the ball game? And of course, he doesn't give you opportunity to respond. He jumps in there and says, whoever ends up with the most points at the end. That was his best. That's what he's got. We laugh. <clears throat> Let me tell you some things about him I think are just pretty awesome that I'm proud of. Uh, to be able to call him dad. Uh, my dad's never filed for divorce. Been married to my mom for um, 53 years. Um, he's never filed for bankruptcy, which simply means he's managed his money well. It doesn't mean he's made a lot of money. It just means he took care of what God blessed him with. He's never had a lawsuit filed on him, which ultimately tells us that he gets along with people. Um, as his son, he's always given me time. He's given me attention. He's given me affection and the affirmation that I deeply desire and need. Um, he spent countless hours growing up playing baseball with me, always pitching, never, ever requesting to hit, just throwing pitch after pitch after pitch. Uh, when it came to ball games, he was there. When it came to school uh, stuff, he was there. When it came to home time, he was there. Um, if he traveled, most of the time I got to go with him. Um, when I was a young boy, he actually is the one that led me to Jesus. Um, some of you have heard me talk about it. When I think about coming to know Christ, I think about, obviously, Jesus and his word, but I also think about my dad who was there opening God's word for me, an ugly brown shag carpet and a really ugly yellow couch. That's, that was that moment for me. My dad's a pastor, and uh, he also baptized me, um, and he's just always been there. He lives in another state. We've lived as far as a couple thousand miles apart at times, and at the same time, he's, he's literally always been there. He calls me often, most of the time for no good reason. He just calls me because that's what dads do. They just call. Sometimes it begins with, hey, what's this thing doing? Which normally means he's sitting in front of his computer and he has bumped something, tapped on something, and it's gone to somewhere and he's trying to get it back. And somehow he thinks I have the ability to know where he is right then and to get him back. Normally it follows up with, I don't know what the email is doing. I think my dad thinks the email is how you get the internet. Anyway, he's 79. Um, but most of the time the conversation's about the weather um, or asking me if I've changed my oil. And we're a little bit overdue on ours, and we've got one of those now that, you know, tells you, you know, you need to get your oil changed. It pops up on the screen, and I think I think about my dad every time it pops up there. We'll probably get the oil changed tomorrow. I've got a great dad. Now, I know that's not the description of everybody's dad in here. In fact, some of you would be like, hey, if you'll sit down and give me the mic, I can top that. My dad's even better than that. For some of you, you're sitting there and you're thinking, man, I wish my dad was half that good, right? What I know is every time I talk about the idea of father and dads, there's emotion in the room. Some of you right now, as you're thinking about Father's Day, you're maybe missing your father because he's already died and gone on. For some of you, it wasn't a good experience, and there's pain, and there's sorrow in your heart. There's lots and lots of emotions and a sensitive subject as we think about our fathers. Some of us had really good dads. Some of us didn't have really good dads. Um, as I think about the people in my life that I've encountered and their stories about their dads, there's so many. And the ones that just jump out at me would be from when I was a student pastor in West Memphis. And we had three kids in our student ministry there. Two of them were student ministry. One was really, really young. 
And uh, their dad, who I knew, um, was actually found guilty of murder. And after being found guilty of murder, actually hung himself in his prison cell. I'll never forget the day that happened. I'll never forget having to tell those kids. Just got to see all three of them the other day. All three of those kids have lived most of their life without their father. I'll never forget the day uh, Booger showed up at church. Yes, Booger. Um, he showed up at church to get baptized. He showed up to get baptized, and a uh, different kid, different family. And uh, it was his day, man. He was going to celebrate and let the world know that he was a follower of Jesus. And not a single person from his family showed up. I've heard so many stories from people about how their dads would abuse alcohol or abuse drugs, abuse mom, or abuse them. So I don't tell you today or show you a picture of my dad to say my dad's better than your dad or to get a comparison thing going on. In fact, I want us to look at Scripture to see the really the only comparison we need to make. Matthew chapter 7 and verse number 9. Matthew chapter 7 and verse number 9. Matthew chapter 7 and verse number 9. It says, You parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? You can answer that out loud if you want to, parents. Do you give them a stone instead? No. Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? And I love how the scripture just goes ahead and answers this for us because snakes are evil. And with exclamation point, it says, Of course not. Right? So we're parents. We want to do what's good for our children. We want to bless them. We want to give them the best that we can give them. But then it goes on in verse number 11. So if you sinful people, that's us, imperfect people, that's us, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask him? What we're seeing here is whether your dad looked kind of like my dad or you don't even want to talk about your dad, your father is not God. Listen to that for just a moment. Let that soak in. This is a huge truth you've got to be able to grasp. Whether you had a great father or whether you had a horrible father, listen to me. Your father is not God. When you think about God, and maybe the image that comes to your mind is a guy laying around in his white, you know, wife beater t-shirt um, with a beer gut laying on the couch all day, that's not the image you need to have of God. When I think of God, I have to be careful not to think about a six-foot-two dark-haired guy who tells bad dad jokes. My father is not God. Now, if you're a dad, that's really good encouragement to you because I think every now and then we think that we have to be the provider of everything that our children need. But I'm here to tell you, you're not God. Your father is not God. He is greater. He is holier. He is better than any and ever, every father that has ever lived. Your father is not God. He is so much better. So today, I don't know what your story is with your dad. Um, maybe there's some words that you would choose to describe him with that just aren't that pleasant, and yet they're true. I'm not here today to say, well, I just want to offer you Buell Lou Allen, that's my dad, as your father. The offer today is so, so much better than that. It's better than doing some kind of 
hocus pocus and making your earthly father the best father on earth. We're talking about today a father that will never, ever leave you. A father that will never, ever forsake you. A father that will never abuse you. A father that knows every detail about you and loves you. Now think about that every detail part. There's certain parts of us that we want people to know about, right? The comely parts, the beautiful parts, the intriguing parts, the brilliant parts, the kind parts, and the good parts. But what we know is we've got all those parts, but we've also got all these other parts. The parts that if people really knew it about us, they wouldn't like us, they wouldn't love us, they wouldn't want us. And yet God knows every single thing about you. He sees you and he knows you. He knows you fully and completely. And he shouts and screams to the world that he wants you and that he loves you. He loves you. Um, if you've got kids, you've played this game before, you know. Do you love me? They'll say, yeah. Do you love me? Yeah. Well, how much do you love me? And I don't know about you, but when one of my kids, especially when they were really, really little, would, would put those arms really, really wide, it would just make me beam with pride, right? Man, that's how much they, they love me this much. They love me this much. Look how much God loves us. 1 John chapter 4, 1 John chapter 4 and verse number 9. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 9. God showed. He didn't just say how much he loved us. He showed us how much he loved us. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son, that's Jesus, into the world so that we might have eternal life through him, verse 10, this is real love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. So if you want to ask God today how much he loves you, here's what he's going to say, I love you. I love you this much. And as you're seeing those arms stretched open wide, understand that is God in the flesh, Jesus, hanging on the cross, demonstrating, showing, declaring to the world how much he loves you. He was the sacrifice for all of the uncomely parts about us. He was the sacrifice for all the sinful things about us. He was a sacrifice for all the things that were keeping us separated from himself. And so he showed how much he loved us. He didn't just say it, he demonstrated it. So as we said earlier, and we want to build on this, your father is not God, but God wants to be your father. He wants to be your father. Now, if you're living and breathing today, God is your creator, okay? He is your creator. The reason why you're living, the reason why you're breathing, the reason why you're doing life, it's because God and his kindness and his grace created you and formed you. He is your creator. But he wants to go deeper than that. He wants to go to the full extent of you experiencing his grace and his love and him becoming your father. Becoming your father. We are his creation because of our birth. We are his children because of our rebirth. That moment when we understand our sin and our separatedness from God 
And we believe in Jesus, his one and only son, who demonstrated God's love for us with arms open wide, with nails pierced in his hands and nails pierced in his feet, and, and the blood that flowed from him. When we place our faith in Jesus and in Jesus alone, God becomes our Father, a Father that will never leave us, a Father that will never forsake us, a Father that will never abuse us, a Father that knows us fully and completely, and yet He loves us. Your Father is not God, but God wants to be your Father. Here's what the cross says, okay? Here's what the cross says. It's going to come on the screen. This is what God is saying to you through the cross. I want to be your Father. That's what he's shouting. That's what he's screaming. That's what he's yelling to the world from the top of his lungs. I want to be your father. May I be your father. Now, for the people in this room, and that's many of you, who have placed your faith in Jesus and God is your father, today ought to encourage you. It ought to bless you. It ought to remind you this is really good. I don't want to say elemental. I'll say foundational theology for us to continue on in this life that God has blessed us with in creation. We understand what it is to have him as our father, and we get to celebrate this this morning. But for some of you in this room, God's not your father. He is your creator, but he's not your father yet. And he's saying to you, I want to be your father. May I be your father. At least one person in the room today is really, really excited, and I appreciate it. I think somebody recognizes what it means to have God as their father. I think maybe for some of us who maybe have forgotten what it's like to not have God as our father aren't that excited this morning. Imagine for a moment, say people, what life would be like without God being your father. What would it be like to go through this life with no expectation of peace and hope and eternity in heaven? Imagine what that's like. Imagine your home being hell. Imagine your home being forever separated from God. That's what life is like to be without a father. Oh, those of you that have been acquainted and connected with the Father through Jesus for a long time, celebrate this. This is what we have to share. This is what we have to give. This is what we have to offer. This is why we do what we do as followers of Jesus. We want more people to experience God as their Father. And today he's saying to you, I want to be your Father. May I be your Father. Uh, Donald Miller, he's a, a really good writer and author, and he wrote a book on what life was like for him uh, without a father. And uh, he said this in his book, and it's just an incredible thing that he says. He says, one of the issues I deal with having grown up without a father is a kind of resentment at the mention, at the mention of actually needing a dad. And if you grew up without a dad, that, that may resonate with you. He said, I had to admit I needed one. I had to tell God I wanted him to father me. Well, stats will prove and lives will prove and stories will prove that growing up without an earthly father will definitely affect you negatively. It can really mess you up. It's one of the biggest epidemics in our country today is kids growing up without a loving, good dad. But do you really want to get messed up? You want to get more messed up than that? Try living your life without God as your heavenly father. It gets ugly. It gets really Really ugly. 
We need God the Father. Some reasons why we need God the Father. We need God the Father so that we can understand who we are. You don't even know who you are if you haven't connected with God the Father yet. You're wandering around aimlessly and no purpose and no direction. You don't know who you belong to. You don't know who you're supposed to give things to. You don't know how you're supposed to go about your daily life if you don't have God as your heavenly Father. When you connect with the Father, you realize who you are. You realize who you are. We need him to become who he designed for us to be. He's our creator, and he's got a really good plan for us, but what unlocks that plan for me and unlocks that plan for you is our faith in his son that makes us his child, that makes him our father, so that he then can give direction for our lives. We need the father. Here's what God the father is offering. Four things. You can put them in your notes. I'm going to put them on the screen for you. The first one is this, affection. And, oh, we desire affection, don't we? Even if you're some hard-nosed dude, you desire and crave affection. You desire for someone to love you and to care for you. Well, this is God's MO. This is what his character brings about in him. He loves us. He shows affection to us. This is what he offers us as a father. Again, knows everything about us and he loves us. And I'll even go further than that and use a stronger word than love. He likes us. You got some people you love that you don't like, right? Hopefully you're not married to that person. But you might be related to that person. Like, I love them. They're part of the family. I love them. Bless their heart. (laughs) And God says, not only do I love you, but I know everything about you, and I like you. I desire you. I want you to be mine. I want to have a relationship with you. I want to spend time with you. I want to spend now with you, and I want to spend eternity with you. The second thing that he offers us that we are all desperate for and desiring in our lives is fellowship. And by fellowship, what we mean by, is, by this is closeness, connection, sharing life and experiences. This comes as he cleanses us of our sin. We can't have fellowship with God because of our sin. I can't get rid of my sin. You can't get rid of your sin. You can't go to church enough for the rest of your life. You can't get baptized enough times. You can't be a member of enough churches. You can't dress nice enough and do enough nice things to earn the fellowship of God. It comes through Jesus and through Jesus alone. He cleanses us and washes us of our sin. He gives fellowship to us. Here's the third one that we desire and that the Father offers us. It's honor. By honor, here's what we mean. Worth and value. How many of you want to spend the rest of your life feeling worthless? No way. And yet there's some people in the room right now that there's times where you wonder, am am I worth anything? Am I really of value? Am I really worth anything? And yet God comes along, the creator of everything, Everything, And there's some beautiful things that God has created on this planet. And yet he says, the prize of my creation, listen to me, is you. It's you. You're the prize of his creation. So much so that he sent his son to die for you. So if you're wondering if you're valuable, if you're worth anything, look to the cross. And the cross shouts that you're worth everything to God. Here's this next one. This next one, we crave it, but we don't know it. Some of you are going to read this. You're going to be like, what? Number four is this, authority. 
wait a minute, you had me at number three, you should have stopped there. I don't want anybody telling me what to do. Do you know that down deep inside of every single one of us, we crave authority? We crave for someone to be over us and to be in charge and to be responsible for everything. Here's what happens when we shirk responsibility. We take on the responsibility of everything. Some of you feel the weight of the world right now in your life because you feel like you are responsible for everything. And God says, come to me that are weak and heavy laden. I will give you rest. Why can he give us rest? Because he's got all authority. He's got the power. He's got the ability to relieve us of what is weighing us down. What is weighing us down? With authority, we're talking about guidelines. We're talking about direction. We're talking about wisdom. It's almost as if God says, you know what? If you're going to be my child and live under my roof, you're going to follow what? My rules. There are some parents in the room. You've said that before, haven't you? Maybe plan on saying it this afternoon, right? And why do you say that? Because you hate your children? Because you want what's worst for your children? The worst for your children? No. You want what's best for them. And you understand that if you take this guideline off, they're going to go off the rails there. And if you take that guideline off, they're going to go off the rails right there. They're going to hurt themselves. They're ultimately going to destroy themselves. Right? And so you give them guidelines and you give them direction with your authority as a parent. And God does the same thing. Why? Because he cares for us. He knows better than we do. He understands better than we do. He's got it all figured out. He's got it all figured out, and so he offers this to us. But some of us are keeping God, our Father, at arm's length. We're like, I want the affection. I want the fellowship. I want the honor, but uh, I don't know about following your plan and your authority. I kind of want to do my own thing, and that's a very dangerous place to be. And so the moment that I start putting um, my arm up to God, to his authority, guess what he does if I'm his child? He begins, this is a D word. It's going to scare some of you. He begins to discipline me. You know what I would say about you as a parent? If you're a parent and you discipline your kids, you're a good parent. Discipline demonstrates relationship and love. And all the parents in the room said, now all the children of God said, there was a fewer amens right there. Because discipline's a little more fun when you're the one in charge, right? Discipline. The Word of God says God disciplines those that He loves. So if God is in the midst right now of disciplining you because you have put your hand up to Him and said, no, I'm going to do my own thing, He is proving to you that He loves you. Now let me tell you a scarier D word than discipline. And some of you know what it feels like. And this word is distance. You see, if you don't respond to the discipline of God, you create distance between you and he. If you are not a child of God, there is no discipline of God, and there is great, great, in, uh, unable to, 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 to come between the two, to go over the gap, distance between you and God. Distance. Distance. You ever had somebody you cared for and you were distant from them? You know what I'm saying? Like there just something was in between you and there was just a distance and you couldn't talk. Uh, you've had those moments in your marriage, obviously, where, you know, you're right there in the same room and yet there's distance between you. 
And that's where some of you are at right now. You're at church today. I mean, you're at church. And yet if you're honest with yourself, you'd be like, there is great distance between me and God right now. And God, God says, I still love you and I still want you. And just like that beautiful story that we have in the New Testament of that father whose son that said, you know what, Dad, I want you dead. Give me my inheritance. And he went off and he wasted it all. When that father saw that son coming back, that father picked up his robe and he began to run with love and compassion to see his son back home. And some of you today, there's a great distance. And the moment you turn back to God, guess what he's going to do? He's going to run and he's going to pursue you. He loves you and he wants you. He wants you. Again, maybe you're far away from God and you wonder if there's any way back. God is waiting for your return. Take one step towards him and he will come running. Again, God says, I want to be your father. May I be your father. So let me ask this question this morning as you continue to think about that question. Is God your father this morning? Is he yours? Have you understood the separation that there is, the distance that there is between you and God as a sinner? And you've confessed Jesus as your Savior and Lord. And through that forgiveness and that cleansing that comes through the resurrected Savior, becoming a child of God and Him becoming your heavenly Father. If not, today God says, I want to be your Father. May I be your Father. I want to just pour out my affection on you. I want to show you how much you're worth to me. I want to have connection and fellowship with you. I want to give my uh, discipline and authority to you, protect you, and help you become everything that I ever wanted you to be, which is so much more than we can even imagine or think. I've got a prayer. It's coming on the screen. I think it's also in your bulletin. I wanted you to take it home with you. And it says this, I am a child of God. God is my father. Heaven is my home. I want to be close to my father. Now, I would hope and pray that when we leave here today, every one of you can pray this prayer. Because today, God can become your father through Jesus. If he is your father, this is a prayer that you can pray right now. And I want to encourage you in just a moment to to read, but do more than read, to pray this prayer to God. It's so simplistic. It's so, again, foundational. But just remembering that we have a God who will never leave us, never forsake us. Remembering that he proclaims through his word that he is the God of the fatherless. He wants to be for you what you have been desperate for your entire life. He can fill a need in you that no one else can ever fill. So would you join me now, if you can and if you will, in praying this simple but huge prayer. Let's pray. I am a child of God. God is my Father. Heaven is my home. I want to be close to my Father. Let's pray it again. I am a child of God. God is my Father. Heaven is my home. I want to be close to my Father. Maybe as you're saying those words, you're like, I'm not as close as what I want to be. I'm not as close as I should be. All it takes is a turning to Him, and He will run to you. Maybe you've created distance through disobedience, and He is disciplining you today, and He is telling you today that He loves you, and He wants you to change directions because you're headed for destruction in life. 
and he wants you to return to him. Return to him today. Be thankful that he is always, always your father once he becomes your father. I'm a child of God. God is my father. Heaven is my home. I want to be close to my father. In just a moment, we're going to um, pray. And then after that prayer, we are going to stand. band's going to play. And we're going to give you an opportunity to respond. And maybe for you this morning, you're recognizing that you need God to become your father. And maybe this morning, you're recognizing that the only way that that can happen is through Jesus Christ and Jesus alone. We want to invite you to Jesus so that you can experience God as your father this morning. There are going to be people up here that can pray with you and for you, and we invite you to come. We invite you to come. Maybe for you, there's just distance right now, or there's discipline in your life right now that you're not responding well to. And you need to respond well to God your Father this morning and return to Him and allow Him to embrace you and to change you and to redirect you. Um, I'm also going to give you opportunity this morning to give. And I just want to say thank you again for your generosity in this church. Uh, this past week was a fun week of generosity. Uh, service projects happened. That's how our students, middle school and high school, raise all the money uh, that they need to go on mission trips. They're going to Fayetteville, Arkansas this year, and they're going to Indianapolis, Indiana, and people are going to hear the gospel because of their hard work and your generosity. A lot of you gave towards that, and you didn't even have them come out and serve at your house. Thank you so much for your generosity. They are able to go with the gospel because of your generosity. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Also, it's going to be your opportunity to respond by turning in your communication card. So as the offering buckets pass, if it's your first time here, if you just take that communication card and put that in, you'll be glad that you did, and we can do it, and do it gladly. Do it gladly this morning. I'm going to pray. After this prayer, we're going to stand, and we're going to respond. Let's pray.